today's big question, does porn kill love? Hey everyone, if it's not clear from the title, this episode is intended for mature audiences. Parents, I highly recommend listening all the way through before deciding if this is appropriate to share with your child. Let's talk about sex. All right. Let's talk about sex. A little bit, a little bit. The porn industry is estimated to rake in about $16.9 billion each year in the U.S. 40 million U.S. adults regularly visit internet pornography websites. 10% of U.S. adults consider themselves addicted to porn. Porn addiction has co-occurring disorders such as depression, anxiety, substance abuse, even erectile dysfunction. According to CovenantEyes.com, 88% of scenes in porn films contain acts of physical aggression. 49% of scenes contain verbal aggression. 51% of male students and 32% of female students first viewed porn before they were teenagers. Oh, and one in five mobile searches are for pornography. Basically, porn is extremely popular in the U.S., and with new technologies like virtual reality and the general consensus shifting to embrace the industry, we can only expect it to gain in popularity. But what will that mean for us? What will that mean for love? Hey everybody, I'm Michaela. I'm your host here to give you the compassionate and conservative argument to America's most debated questions. I am in the Shamrock Media Studio. I'm, pardon me, messed it up. I'm in the Shamrock Studio powered by Shamrock Media Solutions. Yes, baby. I'm here with our studio producer, Chacha. Hey. (laughs) So today we're talking about porn. Yeah. Why are we talking about porn? That's what I want to start with. Because let me start by saying we've talked about sexuality one other time on this show and it was decriminalizing sex work aka prostitution that is our least listened to episode (laughs) our least listened to episode and i was racking my brain thinking why is that our least listened to episode because it's one of the most important episodes they're all important but it is a deeply (laughs) important episode absolutely affecting very real people that many of us might even know yeah so why are we talking about porn because well, first, we seem to be growing more and more accepting of porn. We're weaving it into our lives as, quote, a natural form of sexual exploration. That's how it's described as natural. But is it natural? What is it teaching us? And how come even conservatives are silent on this? Right. They're accepting of it, in fact. So I think many of us don't know or refuse to know the truth about porn. So today, we're going to give it to you. And in the end of this, if you still want to watch it, at least you know the truth. Yeah. That's what we're going to give you today is the truth. And you can have all the information and then do with it what you need to do. But I think so many people are blissfully and willfully ignorant about what really goes on in the porn industry. And that's why I think people didn't listen to the decriminalized sex work episode. And if you didn't, I think you should go back and listen to it. Absolutely. Because if you think that this issue, maybe you're like, you know what? I don't deal with this. I don't have a porn addiction. I don't watch porn. So if you think this issue doesn't affect you, even if you haven't ever touched it, this issue affects you. 
Trust me, it does. If you don't watch it, you probably know someone who watches it. You probably love someone who watches it. You've probably passed a young person today who's watched it today, who's maybe even addicted to it. Right. Not to mention, if none of that is enough to get you to listen, moral bankruptcy, which is what pornography brings, it erodes personal liberty. So this is actually a liberty freedom issue because if you're used to being a slave to your desires, then being a slave to the government isn't so big of a deal. So with all of that, these sexuality issues, they're huge. So, so, so important. And we want you to know what's going on in our audience. It matters a lot to us. Okay. So I started this episode with so many questions about this industry. Full disclosure, I've never watched pornography. And you don't have to say if you have or not. I'm just saying that because I'm very, I'm one of those people who was like, you know, this isn't an issue for me. I'm not, I haven't watched this. I don't know much about it. I've been, I'm one of the actually lucky teenagers who wasn't coerced or forced into watching it at a young age either. Because that happens to teens now too, or who stumbled on it accidentally and then became addicted as teens. Yeah. I, I, I have never in my life, um, like partook in porn as right. like I okay I actually watch this but I have seen it either on accident not even full I can't even I, I well, honestly don't even looks know looks like porn on the internet that, at this that's point. true but even when I was like younger like I don't even know like if this is anything I don't even know like how long like porn is like is it a couple minutes are they like 30 minutes is it, it a, is it a movie length yeah you know no, what I mean? it, it really depends it, it totally depends we're going to answer a lot of these kinds of questions right. but, but just to put um some context like i've seen bits and pieces just because i am uh, grew up in the internet age but i don't watch right it and most people who grew up in the internet age have been spammed with it at minimum right so the first question i wanted to answer about pornography is who is watching pornography everyone <laughs> <laughs> so statistically <laughs> More boys watch porn than girls, or more men than women. Sure. Both. But despite what you might think, women and girls absolutely watch it too. Yeah. So according to Covenant Eyes, so we're going to talk more about Covenant Eyes throughout this, but they're an amazing, amazing resource, and they put out the most up-to-date statistics on what's going on with pornography. It's a site for people struggling with pornography or who love somebody who is and who wants to try to stop their, maybe their compulsion addiction, or even just their viewing it. Maybe they just want to know more about it. So they put out 2019 statistics on pornography. And one of those was that men are 543% more likely to look at porn than females. (laughs) 543%. There was another study. It was conducted by a group called the Barna Group. And this was in the United States in 2014 and 2016. They found a few different things about the differences between men and women viewing pornography. So they had... This is the percentages of men who say they view pornography once a month. They divided it by age. So 79% of 18 to 30-year-old men say they view it once a month, 67% of 31 to 49-year-olds, and 49% of 50 to 68-year-olds. For men, they say that view it at least several times a week. So we just did month. Now they're saying who views it as men several times a week, 63% of 18 to 30-year-old men. Yeah, I was about to say the month. Like, yeah, it's because they're watching it every day, not just once a month. Well, and that they break those statistics <laughs> down too. And then 38% of 31 to 49-year-olds and 25% of 50 to 68-year-olds. So then for women, women that view it at least once a month, 76% of 18 to 30-year-old women. Wow. Yeah. 16% of 31 to 49 year old. That's a huge decrease. Yeah. And then 4% of 50 to 68 year old women view it once a month. Wow. Once a week, or at least several times a week, pardon me, at least several times a week, 21% of 18 to 30 year olds, 
5% of 31 to 49 year olds and 0% of 50 to 68. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then we have some statistics about married versus unmarried because that plays a role sometimes. Absolutely. 55% of married men say they watch porn at least once a month compared to 70% of unmarried men. So Okay, that checks out. So if you're unmarried, you're more likely to be watching pornography sure. statistically. Interestingly, though, for women, 25% of married women watch porn once a month compared to 16% of unmarried women. More married women watch it than unmarried women. Interesting. Yeah. Riddle me that. I can't figure what that is. And here's just a few more fast facts about who's watching. Those who are happily married are 61% less likely to look at porn. They admit it happily married is really hard to quantify. Sure. <laughs> but they report I'm happily married, you know, right, which right. who knows. Those who are more politically liberal are 19% more likely to look at porn. Those who have ever committed adultery are 218% more likely to look at porn. Of course. Yeah. Those who've ever engaged in paid sex are 270% more likely to look at porn. Those with teenage children are 45% less likely to look at porn. Okay. I have a theory, and we'll talk about this later, probably because how popular the teen category is on in pornography. That's so they so would feel nasty. so uncomfortable sure. watching it. And the teen or category. hopefully they're feeling some sort of moral. Yeah. Like, like uh, oh, okay. No, my 12-year-old is in the next room. Maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't just be doing this, not yeah. do that. So there's another website called <gasps> Recovery Village. Um, and according to them, the median age of first exposure to pornography is now 14. Wow. I really thought it was going to be younger. I thought it was going to be younger too. As many as 93.2% of boys and 62.1% of girls see porn before they turn 18. Like almost every boy and a good percentage of the girls see porn before they turn 18. So at 14 when they're developing and that's a really, uh, that's a time you can get easily addicted to things because you're developing you're trying to make sense of things, make, grab some control. A lot of people are seeing porn. That's, that's just the truth. Because also on these sites, you're supposed to be 18 and over, but all you have to do is click, are you 18 and over? Yes. Right. And they just say, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> but, I mean, that's so stupid. Like, of course they're not going to. Anyway, whatever. So <laughs> a few more stats. So according to Covenant Eyes, 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn. So most young people say porn is not a big deal they're like yeah it's just and i've heard this in social circles porn is just a natural part of sexuality everybody does it who cares not a big deal it doesn't interfere with my life doesn't interfere with their life right porn who cares big deal yeah this is a statistic about the church one in five pastors and one in seven senior pastors use porn on a regular basis and are currently struggling that's more than fifty thousand u.s church leaders that are struggling with pornography it's interestingly one of the addictions that least comes to light also. Absolutely. People do not want to admit or talk about it. And it's everywhere. It's happening to everyone, regardless of, I guess, their piety. You could be a church leader. Yeah. And I mean piety in the most sincere way. You could be doing all kinds of things to improve your life. You could be improving the lives of others and still struggling with porn. Yeah. It's happening to so many people. Also, just a few more stats on who's watching. You know I love the stats. <laughs> it's just who I am. So this is interesting. There are higher percentages of subscriptions to porn sites in these zip codes, zip codes that are more urban than rural. Also, zip codes isn't always the best way to gather data because think about your zip code and the diversity of the types of people that live in your zip code. As far as like uh, where I live, as far as income and family size and faith. So zip codes, I don't know, give or take, but this is still what they found. Um, So they're more likely to have a subscription to porn sites and zip codes that have an increase in higher than average household income 
So the rich people. Well, right, because subscriptions cost money. Yeah, they you got to pay for it. <laughs> they have a greater density of young people, higher proportion of people with undergraduate degrees, people who have higher measures of social capital. Like they donate blood, they go to volunteer activities, things like that. I don't know. Do with that what you will. I just thought that was interesting. So that's who's watching porn. Wow. Like you said, not everyone, but a good percentage of us. And it's yeah. on the rise with VR coming in. They, I don't remember the numbers on this. I decided not to put this in my notes, but VR is projected to be this billion dollar pornography industry. Yeah. And Duh. for those who don't know what she's saying, it's virtual reality. Oh yeah. Sorry. Virtual reality. So yeah. when people put the goggles on and they go experience life, I mean, duh, that's going to be porn so soon. And it's, they're thinking that's just going to boom in the pornography I, world. I really hate that. <laughs> I hate it too. Well, yeah. you know, Chow, we we had a virtual reality experience. You remember that? And they were talking about they oh, were yeah. already trying to figure out how yeah. to protect it's girls true. and yeah, women in the virtual yeah. reality space who were already being harassed. Yep. And virtual reality is so new. It's like as soon as we taught our little virtual reality people to walk, they yep. started harassing people. Yep. It's awful. Okay. So that's who's watching. The next thing I wanted to know is what are they searching for? <laughs> What a dark hole. You know how I like, but I, you have to expose these things to the light. That is what I'm doing because yeah. I'm trying to disinfect them with light. The more people that know about it, the better because we need to know what's really going on because it is going on whether I like it or not. That's why I do this. But yes, dark hole for sure. So I got the Pornhub statistics from 2019. Pornhub is a very popular place for people to watch pornography, maybe the most popular place. So yeah. I, so. To start off with, on Pornhub, there were more than, uh-uh, mm-mm, not even going to look at that number, Cha. Yeah. Yeah, just do it. You. It's the bottom of the page with the 42. Oh, yeah. So that's 42. That's that's billion. That's billion? Yeah. How many zeros is it? Um, nine. Yeah, that's billion, right? Yeah. Blip, that's a lot. Yeah, that's too That many. was in 2019. That's nearly six sites, six visits to the site per person Wait, on Earth. Wait, 42 billion what? Site visits to Pornhub in 2019. Ugh. And that means that there were six visits to the site per person on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Okay, so in 2019, here's the most searched for terms of 2019. This is order from most searched to least searched. You ready? Yeah. Japanese. No. Hentai. Uh, do you know what that is? Oh, we're going to talk about oh, it. Okay. Lesbian, MILF, Korean, Asian, stepmom, massage, anal, ebony, big blank, can't say that, teen, threesome, anime, public, cream pie, big blank again, Chinese, gangbang, Latina, cartoon, Indian, BBC. If you <laughs> did not hear the disclaimer. And you just 30 second forward and 30 second forward and this we is where you landed. We put a disclaimer on this on purpose. Seriously. I'm not even going to read all of them, but that's wow. okay. That's that's wild. what people are looking for. I found out on fightthenewdrug.org, another amazing resource, that since 2014, the most searched term on Pornhub from all visitors was lesbian, followed by teen, stepmom, and MILF. Ugh. And those are kind of alternate around. So apparently teen is usually at the top and now it's not and fightthenewdrug.org is worried that it's been absorbed into all the other categories that it's so prevalent it doesn't even have its own category anymore because teen is in all of these other categories that's a nightmare that's a nightmare yeah the number two most watched is a type of pornography called hentai i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly it's essentially anime cartoon pornography that is 
despicable from my understanding. I read it, fightingthenewdrug.org has a whole description of it. And again, disclaimer. Woo. So the word hentai is a, a word of, it's a Japanese word, which is short for hentai siyoku, which means a perverse sexual desire. So in Japanese, it's just like any kind of bizarre sexual fetish, almost always having to do with young girls, and young then, girls, right, because and then sexy, a male, older male, or an animal, or a bug, or a plant, or whatever, and it'll be as young as toddlers. There's a there's a brand of hentai that's called Lollicon, and it is, oh. yeah, it's toddlers resistant to sexual advan- advances. Basically, is the entire thing. And this is cartoons, but it is still deeply problematic is not a word I like to use because it's just an understatement of how problematic this is and that's the second most searched right now and it is ooh, yikes jinkies okay do not look it up do not look it up <laughs> do not look it up unless you go to fightthenewdrug.org and read their description of it do not do not yeah, do not, don't, do not. don't become a statistic on the porn do <laughs> not look it up okay anyway so it's sick what I'm trying to say is it's sick it's disgusting and they they it has a specific feature of assaulting very looking young looking right cartoon right girls which is i can't understate sick so sexualization and glorification of violence is hardly an anomaly in the porn industry unfortunately which is what we're going to get into next so i understand not everybody watches to, you know quote the strange stuff on Pornhub they're like I'm just doing the normal like just people having sex vanilla. the vanilla stuff okay we're gonna talk a little bit about even the vanilla stuff okay this next section I was curious about was sexual violence and again disclaimer we're gonna talk a little bit about it I'm going to be as not graphic as I possibly can be I'm already skipping through some of my notes because I've decided to not read everything in here but according to Covenant Eyes one out of eight one out of every eight porn titles shown to the first users on a porn homepage describe acts of sexual violence. One out of eight. Violence. So there was a study of Japanese males. My The reason I did this category, just to point this out, is saying, does porn correlate to sexual violence in real life? Does watching it correlate to how people are treated in real life? Or people's ideas about sexual violence even? Or the sexual are they watching sexually violent things? Okay. So Japanese males were divided into three groups and they were all exposed to different types of porn. There was a, quote, positive rape film where the woman thought the woman looked like she was having fun, a neutral rape film and a rape film where the woman was upset. And then they asked those same men to talk about basically how they felt about rape afterwards. And those who viewed the, quote, positive rape film were significantly more likely to state that women could enjoy rape at higher percentages of rape cases. Isn't that awful? And they said higher percentage of rape cases are invented by victims because of what they consumed. So they were saying rape is not... Basically, the more desensitized people became to rape by watching they these videos... They were saying rape isn't real. They're saying rape isn't real or that women enjoy it because of what they were watching. This was a study with Japanese males, and they all were exposed to different types of pornography. Awful, awful, awful. Also, this was still, I think this is from Covenant Eyes still. Yes, it is. Researchers believe pornography consumed at a young age contributes to women being socialized to accept sexual aggression as a romantic event. So when young girls watch maybe a video of a girl who is being violently acted upon, 
they might internalize that as what to expect sexually as they age or even if they're already sexually active they'll think oh well this girl got that's normal that's normal that's what happens to girls me up against the wall that's fine which is something we talked about a little bit in our episodes about gender how young girls are fleeing from womanhood partially i think it has to do with the fact that they are being exposed to these videos of women who are being tortured on i mean it's torture i think it's torture a lot of this and they're like oh my god i don't want to do that i'm going to flee from being a woman and they try to transition to being a boy these young girls who are being exposed to what the future could look like for them as a woman because of these videos that's just a theory i don't have anything to well i have a few things to substantiate it but it's a whole nother episode okay going to keep going in 2004 data was collected from interviews with 271 women who are participating in a program for battered women pornography used by their partners significantly increased the odds of women being sexually abused by their partners when the abuser used alcohol and pornography the odds of sexual abuse increased by a factor of 3.2 so we're talking about something that people watch translating to a higher statistic probability of abuse in real life this is not this is not surprising at all especially for young people who may watch porn before they have sex if they consume the idea that violence and rape are a part of a sexual experience that are natural then they will act it out this is obvious they, they don't have other sexual encounters especially young people to compare with because they maybe started watching porn very young Or maybe they had some violent tendencies that needed to be socially curbed and they didn't. They were were aggravated by watching pornography, perhaps. We don't know, but what we know is that what people watch does correlate to how they behave in real life. Not not always. One thing I was thinking about in this argument, Cha, is for video games. People always said violent video games, like that that would correlate. The one difference for me is that in a video game, it's highly unlikely that the young boys are ever going to be in a zombie apocalypse, but most of them will be in a sexual encounter in their life. I don't yeah. know if that changes it, but... Well, and I think with the video games, they were talking like more of games that have like Borderlands, like GTA, like they have, like you can assault women in those. That seems like a problem to me. Like, yeah, <laughs> it ob- right. But yeah, you can be violent with guns and cars and whatever but you can also get a hooker in gta <laughs> yeah, yeah I, so you I know, think maybe the, those games is what they're talking about yeah probably like the over sexualization of women and and the violence so yeah so there's that whether it, so statistically the likelihood of of violence mostly carried out towards women statistically but also sometimes towards men um is higher thanks to the porn industry unfortunately okay do we need to take a break john like tell a joke or something really quick no i don't think so <laughs> i think it's important that it just is what it is i know I, you ha- we can't we can't sugarcoat this we can't you can't look away from it because these are real people being right. affected by this when we talk about sexual violence and the way that people are be- oh, i mean it's yeah it's and very it's, serious it's, it's even just everyday people this makes it sound like extreme cases very extreme and like it's the pedophiles and rapists on the street and it's no it's it's your pastor it's your best friend it's It's people's husbands and wives and it it is not that's how far-reaching sinister yeah it's it's well the more common it becomes the more common it becomes right (laughs) that's just true okay so the next thing i want to go into is the correlation between pornography and sex trafficking sex trafficking 
let's just define sex trafficking to begin yeah. with. So sex trafficking is when a commercial sex act, which is you pay for something sexual, is induced by force, fraud, or coercion. We talked about this a little bit in Should We Decriminalize Sex Work? That the line between trafficking and sex work, pornography, or prostitution is really hard to track accurately because many okay. people are being trafficked, but we think they are consenting. Yeah. Not that all pornography is non-consensual. That's not what I'm saying. But we cannot accurately determine what is and what isn't. If you sit down and watch pornography, you have no idea who or who did not consent and under what circumstances what you are watching is taking place. You do not know. You will not know. You could not know. Right. Even, I mean, yeah, you, you don't know. So, for example, I learned that some porn stars have something called a no list, things that they will not do. Mm -hmm. So if, say, Sally is a porn star. I'm just making a name up. And being choked is on Sally's no list. She's saying, I do not want to do that. It makes me uncomfortable. If she steps up to her set and her boss says that she has to be choked or she doesn't get paid, she doesn't get to keep this job today. And then she does it to keep her job. As many of us do things for our bosses that we don't want to do on a smaller level, like, you know, clean the toilet. You're like, I don't want to do that. But your boss says, if you don't do it, you get fired. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I guess I'm going to clean the toilet. <laughs> but now the line into trafficking has actually been crossed. Right. You have now been coerced into a commercial sex act. That line is so blurry. It's like impossible. Right. It is just like unreal to try to figure out. I read an account and it's an extremely graphic account on fightthenewdrug.org and they put so many disclaimers on it and I'm not going to read it all. But I read an account of a, a porn star. Her name was Raven. And she was so abused on a set by her by her co-star and by her director that she was forced to do things when she said they were very painful. She was choked even after cueing her partner to stop. She was telling him to stop. They kept filming it. She was hit repeatedly, punched in the face. She was in so much pain that she was crying the whole time. And all they did was keep filming it. That's all they did. The whole time. She decided to come forward about this. Wow. And she... She came forward, made a video or a post, and was flooded with messages of other people who said, she said, quote, this is Raven, said, quote, I received about a dozen DMs, which is direct messages, people messaged her, and emails from women in the industry telling me they experienced the same thing on set, but they didn't want to come forward in fear of losing work. So is that coercion now then? That women are well, being... Well, it's assault at minimum. Right. But they're, being, they're saying, I didn't want to come forward because I was worried about losing my job. And so they, they accept abuse and assault consistently on, uh, from their, yeah. uh, can you even imagine? No, but also, okay, so the elephant in the room for some, I bet is, well, they chose to be in this line of work. Like this oh, is yeah, not. yeah, I wish they hadn't made that choice. Right, like. I, I'm just saying when, the reason I'm pointing this out is a lot of people say, well, a lot of porn stars, like it's consensual, like right, it's very respectful. It That's what they want. And maybe they walked into the room with a set of expectations and none of those expectations happened. And by the time they were in the room, one, I wish they'd never walked into the room. It's a dangerous, dangerous, violating room to be in men and women. Right. I wish n directors, I wish nobody walked into the room. I think it bankrupts us morally and spiritually. And no one, I wish no one walked into the room. But say he or she walks into the room and they're like, I'm not going to get punched in the face today. I'm not going to get punched in the face today. That seems like or a, choked out. I'm not going to do that today. And then they get punched in the face repeatedly. They ask to stop and nobody stops. 
they're getting punched. They're saying, please, I don't want to do this. And they keep filming it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they walked into the room. Sure. But this is unacceptable at like every single level. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, a lot of porn stars like want to do this and whatnot. We don't know who wants to do it and who doesn't want to do it. That's the problem I'm trying to point out. We don't know who's being trafficked and who's not being trafficked. We don't know who's there willingly or who's being coerced. We do not know that. Anytime you, you engage in watching something like this, you have no idea the story of how those people ended up on that set. You don't know. So fightthenewdrug.org, again, says that reports indicate that sexual predators and traffickers, this is more about sex trafficking and how pornography and sex trafficking are bedfellows, basically. It says, reports indicate that sexual predators and traffickers use pornography often to groom victims which can desensitize victims to sexual advances and normalize sexual abuse that they may experience. So that's one way they get together. Another thing it says is some evidence suggests that the desensitization towards sexual violence through the consumption of porn can manifest in more willingness to buy sex in real life, thereby increasing the demand for individuals being trafficked for sex. So as we increase the demand, the supply gets increased. We can only control the demand. We have no idea how the supply gets increased. Or by who, or why, and under what circumstances. Not to mention, all minors in pornography is sex trafficking. So the, again, what I'm trying to point out is it, a lot of pornography is sex trafficking, and we have no idea what is and what is it. Anytime a minor has ever been in pornography, it is sex trafficking. This is happening much more than you think it's happening. You don't know when it's happening, by the way, who's a minor and who's not. In Sunrise, Florida in 2020... The Sun Sentinel is a newspaper. They released a story about a 15-year-old who was in 58 videos on Pornhub, Snapchat, and multiple other places. And she had been missing for a year. She was abducted for a year. Her parents found her in those videos. That is, and, and you know, okay, here's another thing. There was a 14-year-old who had 400,000 people view her being raped. 400,000 people on a porn site. A 14-year-old. I mean, this is awful. It's really, I'm, I'm getting passionate, but it's just, I can't even imagine like a 14 year old. It's just the height of evil to me. It just is. And, and as more and more people are watching pornography, the demand increases and we don't know. We just don't know who's being trafficked and who isn't. It's not like a trafficker is going to be like, oh yeah, I'm trafficking this person. Right. Like they totally didn't, that, that's never going to happen. You have to be reasonable about this. You don't know. And not to mention, you don't know the circumstances of like, were they on drugs? Were they doing it for drugs? Were they, did they start getting groomed at a young age for this because maybe they were victims of abuse in other ways? You don't know. We don't know. That's what's scary to me about this. Okay. So that's trafficking. I'm going to move on. Do you have anything? Questions, Cha? Thoughts? Mm-mm. Is it too late for the joke? <laughs> No, I know. No, I I don't have any jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so, but sometimes, if this is your first episode, sometimes Cha and I do have jokes. It's just, this is a deeply serious episode. So, maybe you're saying to yourself that, Michaela, what if we somehow cleared all of the issues of violence and trafficking up? What if nobody was ever trafficked and what if no one was ever physically assaulted there was no violence in any of the videos it was just good clean sex okay (laughs) what if you're saying that which is impossible by the way but let's pretend you're asking if we did all those things would porn still be a problem 
yes, yes. it would be it One would be and i, I want to and this is a real line people ask they're saying but what if we could we confirm it was consensual what if we confirm that they're not upset about it and everything is hunky-dory and clean and safe and nobody has diseases which we're going to get into later would it be okay would it be would it be okay in our society my answer permissible my answer is still no and i want to explain why this next section is titled porn and unrealistic expectations in my notes this is a crucial section so we've done these kind of bigger broader well what about all the most violent and aggressive sides of pornography which many people are maybe not participating in. That might not touch their lives at all. Although as we consume it, we do end up, we do end up participating in it by consuming pornography and by not speaking out against it. Even if you're not watching the aggressive stuff, because it might be the same actors on both, but performers on both. But even if that's not it, let's talk about unrealistic expectations. Even without violence and trafficking, porn creates unrealistic sexual expectations that leaves everyone sexually bankrupt. A word I keep using is bankrupt because it's true. But here's why that happens. It's because people confuse porn for sex and they treat sex like porn. Let me explain. Porn is a selfish act of self-gratification. It's purely about you. That's what it's about. Sex is a mutual act of love and bonding. Yet, especially if you are exposed to porn before sex, which is happening more and more, you may never be able to differentiate the two things. And these two things are, in fact, polar opposites. This puts partners in competition with porn stars right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. The thing about porn is that it's nothing like sex. It's similar to how rom-coms are really not like love. Have you ever been in love and watched a rom-com? Yet people go to porn for their sexual cues. I saw a survey that said 18 to 24 year olds that saw, I'm sorry, one in four 18 to 24 year olds said pornography is a helpful source to learn how to have sex. So they think they're learning how to have sex. Actually, it's anti-sex. They're learning nothing about sex. They're learning about self-gratification, which has nothing to do with sex at all. Because sex is about bonding. Sex is about two people becoming one person. That's what it's about in the spiritual sense. Your man leaves his mother and they become one flesh. They go together. That's what sex is about. Love, bonding, intimacy, marriage, all of those things. Porn has nothing to do with any of those things. I read an article by, do you know Naomi Wolf? Not off the top of my head. Okay, whatever. I read an article in New York Magazine about this. I'm going to read a quote. She, She goes on campuses and talks to people about the effects of pornography on their lives and college campuses. She had a quote. She said, The young women who talk to me on campus about the effects of pornography on their intimate lives speak of feeling that they can never measure up, that they can never ask for what they want, and that if they do not offer what porn offers, they cannot expect to hold a guy. The young men talk about what it's like to grow up learning about sex from porn and how it is not helpful for them in trying to figure out how to be with a real woman. Mostly when I ask about loneliness, a deep, sad silence descends on audiences of young women and young men alike. They know they are lonely together, even when conjoined. And that imagery is a big part of that loneliness. What they don't know is how to get out, how to find each other again. What's happening is as the porn industry grows, men, predominantly, and women, are becoming addicted to people on screens. And women are becoming afraid that they will never measure up. The result is less sex, less love. That's what happens, not more. 
that's what's interesting is they're going, young people maybe go to learn about sex. They will have less sex because people will be uncomfortable with the concept. They will feel they can't measure up. They will feel lonelier. And if they have more sex, they will have worse sex because they are constantly looking to recreate pornography through sex, which will never happen and should never happen, by the way. Once again, this is an adult episode. Okay, maybe that... Did you have something to say, Cha? So maybe that, that idea that we're confusing love and porn and sex and porn. And I, when I say sex, I want to be clear. I'm not a free sex kind of person. I'm a like sex and marriage, sex with like a single partner because God designed it as a union between spirits. That's the kind of human being I am, to be clear. When I say like it's killing sex, that's what I mean. And we're going to talk about when sex became pleasure a little bit today too, because these are different. This was a split in what sex was supposed to be. But maybe the correlation between the idea that pornography makes people uncomfortable with sex or less likely to engage in healthy sex is part of the correlation between porn and divorce, which has a huge correlation. So according to Science Magazine, there was a 2016 study and it correlated porn use to divorce. But what made the study unique when I was reading the study is that they tracked subjects over time from 2006 to 2014. And they tracked multiple factors about them, their, their moral factors, social factors, even political factors. They used something called the general social survey. So they got a question into the general social survey, which asks you about everything. So the question they asked in this survey was, they asked respondents if they had watched an X-rated movie in the past year. That's what it was called. Out of 5,698 respondents, 1,681 said that they had watched an X-rated movie. 373 of them reported viewing one for the first time during the survey period. Okay, so the study found that people who started watching pornography were more likely to split with their partners during the course of the survey. For men, the chance of divorce went from 5 to 10%. For women, it jumped from 6 to 18%. Then the researchers were posed with, is this causation or correlation, a.k.a. did they watch porn and that crushed their marriage, or was their marriage already crushed, and then they watched porn. But based on the data, they believed porn was a causation in the spike of divorce rates. Wow. Yeah. We can't know for sure, because that's how data works. But So they note, quote, in this study, that when, went, quote again, sorry, when women stop watching porn, their divorce rates drop from 18% back down to 6%. The effect was less apparent in men, however. Most of the men surveyed between 55 and 70% watched porn to begin with and very few stopped once they started. The younger the respondent, the more likely they were to get a divorce after starting to view porn. In contrast, this is this is so cool. In contrast, porn and divorce showed a weaker link in people who attended an organized worship service at least once a week and said that they were religious, which is interesting because they expected, the researchers expected that adding pornography into a religious marriage would lead to higher rates of divorce, but the opposite was true. The more religious they were, yeah, that makes they, some, I don't know why they, they ex- think that? I think because they thought the religious people would be the most offended by the idea of pornography, but I don't sure. think that that has a full grasp of how religion views marriage, right. most re- or the religions even that you and I practice. Like, the union of marriage is not, it's, it's a huge thing, and so I can completely understand from the, you know, the religious practice I have, how that would not make sense. Like, the more re- religious, spiritual you are, the as far as my religion even the more likely I think you are to try to make it work with a husband or a wife because mm-hmm. that is the for better or for worse union. Right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. 
welcome back. So I think I think I laid out a pretty strong argument against the consumption of pornography already, but we're not done. So let's talk about OnlyFans. So, Cha, do you know what OnlyFans is? Yeah. Okay, so OnlyFans is basically a decentralized pornography site. Maybe before, as a, a porn performer, you would have to go to a company or a director and have an agent. Now you can make it yourself. It's like a YouTube for porn, but you have to pay for it. And people pay to watch certain people do pornography. Or, or it's not always porn. It could be any sexually explicit act, and people pay for it on OnlyFans. I haven't been on the site. This is all from me reading um, different accounts. I I didn't want to even give that site a click, if I'm being honest. But um, I have known many people, especially during the pandemic, who have turned to selling sex on OnlyFans, and they rake in cash. That's something that many people have done, especially during the pandemic, for money. So a week or so ago, did you know this, child, that OnlyFans said they'd no longer allow sexually explicit content? Yeah. Yep, they came out. I didn't know they, they did were going to try to clean up their. Did you know they did server? something else? I found out they do fitness and stuff. Well, well, I came to know OnlyFans as not a pornographic site. Did you really? Oh, yeah. tell me about it. I, I didn't know it until I heard people doing porn on it. So yeah, um, OnlyFans is much like um, in the organization just left me. Um, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. You. It's like. It is just like Patreon. Like you pay you, for creators' yeah, content. Yeah, because like I know people who have OnlyFans that do not do like pornographic. Uh, well, anything. I found that out when I was researching. Yeah, and I went to their Twitter d- and it was like they were chefs and yeah. personal trainers. Yeah, you just you pay for their content. It's just another platform where you can pay for. But it seems like it's predominantly content. pornography now. Is that well, or maybe it's just oh, it, I, for some reason it entered my zeitgeist as a porn site. Right. Well, and it over the last year, like you said, over the pandemic, it became a really easy tool for for um, people to sell for porn sex. Art. Yeah. Well, because it was just super simple, easy. And I, if I'm not mistaken, um, the other um, applications that um, you you basically can do the same thing. It's mm-hmm. a little harder to do explicit content. Okay, so OnlyFans was more open to explicit content. Well, until a week, two weeks ago, or something. right? Well, but then I was actually kind of happy about this. I thought this was a cool move for OnlyFans, but it didn't last very long. The move sparked outrage and OnlyFans took it back very quickly. Did you know they took it back? No, I didn't. That's really disappointing. Okay, so apparently the reason that they first announced they were no longer going to be doing explicit content was because their banking partners said that they, they wouldn't do business with them until they adapted their pornography model. Basically, the OnlyFans CEO said that it was the Bank of New York Mellon and J.P. Morgan, and they were blocking payments to the creators of pornography. According to a CNN business article, the banks actually haven't come out and made a statement yet, but I really think they should. They might have done a good thing. They made a moral statement saying, we are not going to participate in the buying and selling of sexuality. They haven't made a statement as of yet, according to CNN. But apparently, when they said, okay, we're not doing this anymore, you're going to have to find a new business model or a new bank, the first thing that OnlyFans did was say, I'm going to find a new business model. When the world went up in flames because of that, other banks stepped in. And I didn't find who the banks were, but I'll keep right, looking. They're like, oh, we'll sell your porn. Yeah, they were saying, we're happy to process the transactions between the buyers and sellers of sex, which is exactly what you just said. I just was slightly more diplomatic. <laughs> but that's almost our personalities right. in a nutshell. Right. <laughs> so OnlyFans put out a tweet. I got to read it. 
Oh, I should have tweeted of the week. Uh, tweet of the week this week. Oh well, whatever. Can you tweet of the week? There you go. Try there. Okay. OnlyFans tweeted, "We have secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the planned October first policy policy change. OnlyFans stands for inclusion. We'll continue to provide a home for all creators." No, OnlyFans. That's and their statement last week was a very strong one of like, "We don't support this nasty crap." more or less there's no way (laughs) well we don't support this type type of um content in our community well they changed their mind they totally did they totally changed their mind so when OnlyFans tried to remove pornography feminists came out guns blazing with the hashtag sex work is work sex work is real work but interestingly did you know feminists haven't always been pro sex work yes Okay. Well, I had to take theory in college, so. Right. I forget. So, feminism was interestingly anti-pornography for a little bit. According to a website I've never been on before, outhistory.com, in the 70s, the feminist movement developed a deeply anti-pornographic strain. So, this is me reading a, it was a feminist, outhistory.com has a lot of feminist history on it. Um, so, I read it. What was interesting is the anti-pornography movement grew out of what Out History described as the lesbian feminism movement, which had a specific tenet in it that sexuality was primarily about bonding and forming a lasting relationship with another person. This is also a religious tenet. They also saw porn, and this is the this sect of the anti-pornography feminists, they saw porn as radically anti-feminist, as it was anti-women. There was a group that formed in the 70s that was called Women Against Violence in Pornography and Media. They had a goal. It was, quote, to put an end to all portrayals of women being bound, raped, tortured, killed, or degraded for sexual stimulation or pleasure. They went on to say, we believe that the constant linking of sexuality and violence is dangerous. Well, that's the smartest thing feminists have ever done. But quickly, Cha. Yeah, third wave feminism came in and just wrecked it. Well, and it was even, yes, but it caused a riff between... The anti-pornography feminists and what became known as the pro-sex feminists, which is part of the waves. You know, it waves, I always say this, the waves that just crash into each other constantly. So the pro-sex feminists kind of came out as a response to the anti-porn feminists in 1980 with notable voices like, wait for it, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, a predominant pro-sex feminist. Right. It's hard for me. Oh, okay. Anyway. And that's third wave, right? I don't remember. I'd have to have the waves in front of me. Yeah. Anyway. I, I'd have to look at it. I don't want to missay that because somebody somewhere right. is going to know. Like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say it. Okay. So basically the pro-sex feminists saw free sex as necessary to ending and abolishing the patriarchy. And they believe sex was about pleasure, which is different than what the anti-pornography feminists were saying. It was about bonding. So the pro-sex feminists said sex was about pleasure pro-sex feminists said pleasure was primary this was a a statement of theirs and if you look around today in your communities in your schools in your pop culture it seems that the ideas of the pro-sex feminists have won which is why people connect sex to pleasure now more than sex to bonding this is a huge ideological shift outside of that pornography makes almost no sense as sexual exploration because you don't bond with your screen in a meaningful way when you watch porn, but you do experience pleasure, which is how I say pornography has nothing to do with sex. And the pro-sex feminist said, but sex is about pleasure. 
So it has everything to do with sex because it's about personal gratification and personal pleasure, which is exactly what porn is about. Right. Everything just got really selfish. I think this, well, yes, duh, but it defies the purpose of sexuality altogether. But for pro-sex feminists, connection was not the point of sex. It was self-serving, self-gratifying, pleasure for the self. That's what it was about. And (laughs) it's wrecked, wrecked sex as far as the sex that God created. It's completely wrecked it. So my question was, how is pro-sex feminism going for the people in the porn industry? I'm glad you asked, Michaela. Not well. (laughs) Not well, not well, not well, not well. What we seem to be finding out is that free sex is kind of a myth. It has a cost and someone somewhere is paying for it. So this brings me to another one of the questions I was curious about is how are the performers in the porn industry affected by their participation in the industry? You ready for this, Ja? Yeah, can I can imagine they're more depressed. Yeah. Have have more risky behaviors. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I also worked in a clinic where we talked to sex workers a lot, so I would, I would love to hear some of your experiences about that yeah. as well, too, as I read this. If, yeah. if something, obviously, I don't want to he- don't tell me their names or anything, of course, but. Well, that'd be a HIPAA violation. Right. Just don't <laughs> do it, John. Well, it was Susie. <laughs> okay, so I read a, I was going to say a shocking article. All I did was read shocking articles this week preparing for this, but I read a shocking article on a website that's called The Bridgehead, and it claimed that, this was an older article, um, and it was talking about right after an HIV spike went through and killed a, uh, there was a, a yeah. period of time. A lot of uh, pornography stars were, they died basically yeah. what happened. And the article said many of the people that you watch online are already dead. This was the title of it. And yeah. it cited multiple conversations with multiple people who had worked in the industry and the people who worked in the industry labeled themselves survivors of the porn industry. There was a few different, a few different horrible things that happened to these people. I was going to say challenges, but challenges is so stupidly diplomatic. So the first thing was sexually transmitted infections. A study by UCLA's Fielding School of Health found that one in four adult performers have gonorrhea, chlamydia, or another sexually transmitted disease. Trichomoniasis. I don't even know what that is. Terrible. Really? I have never heard of that in my whole life. (laughs) Trichomoniasis? Trichomoniasis. Thank you. Okay. There was a male porn performer who starred in 600 films with over 3,000 women and he said everyone in the porn world has herpes male and female that was just a quote (laughs) um there was a former porn star her name was jessica neely she was talking about an hiv cover-up i read a bunch about this in the porn industry a period of time where lots of porn performers had hiv and didn't tell or instructed not to tell yeah and she said quote at the end with the HIV cover-ups, I just saw we were going to die one way or another. She said, HIV cover-ups were truly to take away the option of choice. It was murder. We were murdering our own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a really scary thing. Anyway, I, I, it just reminded me of some things that I saw while I worked for that clinic. Do you want to give me an overview? Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to, to... So the clinic I worked in was part, in part... Um, an HIV clinic. Okay. So that's, we had many people who came in who, um, were in sex work of varying degrees, whether Mm -hmm. it was, um, prostitution, pornography, just whatever. Um, and most of them were there because they were being treated for HIV. Really? And most of them 
um, would be very surprised. That they had it? That they had it. Like they didn't know. Like they wouldn't have known. <sighs> Which is sad. That and is sad. To, to also call back to trichomoniasis, um, just so we're clear and everyone on here knows, trichomoniasis is a sexually transmitted disease caused by a parasite. And it is the most commonly transmitted disease. Really? Yes. Oh. Um, and women, th- th- this is just sinister, cynical Satan, I really think. Women, 90% of the time, show symptoms. So it's like burning, itching, discharge, yeah. bad. Men don't. Oh, so they, they can transmit it and they yeah. wouldn't know. They Men they... generally don't show any symptoms with trichomoniasis. Uh, and to be clear, in the, in the porn industry, as I was reading, rarely is a is std sti clearance required like rarely yeah. do you have to yeah. prove or take a test that says right. i don't have xyz trichomoniasis i don't yeah. have you that's like that's not a thing for the most yeah. part some some places i suppose the more like woke for porn if that's not even possible by the way but <laughs> uh might be doing that or at least saying they're doing that but when you read accounts from people who are in the industry it's no, no. that's not what's happening the other thing that i had the distinct um pleasure to witness was a brilliant doctor um that i worked alongside yeah in this clinic um and i just bring this up because she said something to a patient one time that i think totally exemplifies this section is that um she was explaining to a patient one time and i was in there i I worked in outreach so just for like so you guys know background i was helping these patients in crisis in crisis Mm -hmm. so um, they would come and whatever it was, whether like, oh, I can't, I don't have any food. I need help transportate, whatever. I would just help them. So I was with a patient with this brilliant doctor and, um, she suggested that this patient take a depression screen and the patient was like, I don't need that. And she said, you are engaged in like the top five riskiest behaviors for mental health illness yeah. or, or contributing factors mm-hmm. to mental health challenges. And you might be surprised at what you find with a depression screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was like, it We're was gonna, such, m- such a benign thing. Is, yeah. But but she said that, and I think that that is um, over and over again with, with the people that I worked with or the patients that I helped. Um, I, mm-hmm. would, I would say, and I could be wrong, but I would say 99% of them also had a contributing mental health yeah we're, we're gonna get into that in a second because so the first thing was you know the diseases that are prevalent the next is drugs um and then mental health challenges so i'll go through drugs and then we'll get to that uh, because that's a really important point you just brought up so there was a woman named Erin moore who was a porn performer and she said quote the drugs we binged on were ecstasy cocaine marijuana xanax valium vicodin and alcohol there was an nih study called Pathways to Health Risks and Exposure in Adult Film Performers, which is basically what are the risks for people in porn. They said, quote, 21 performers, oh, they were doing a study with, quote, 21 performers and two key informants, and they all noted that alcohol and drug abuse were common in the industry, especially among female performers. Four female performers discussed their own experience with drug use in the industry. There were multiple pathways to drug use identified. I'm reading. Some performers came into the industry with a drug habit and used the money to pay for that habit. Some developed drug habits as a result of their social network while they were in the industry. 
and some use drugs as a means to cope with the stress, stigma, and emotional repercussions of their performing. A performer said, quote, drugs in the industry do occur, but it seems to be the girls, not the guys. Female performers were reported to begin using drugs to cope with performing. One male performer referenced female performers with the following statement. If they were completely sober, no alcohol, no drugs, I guarantee you most of them would have mental breakdowns. On the film set, marijuana was highly prevalent, especially among the male performers. We talked about this in the sex work episode that men and women experience sex differently. And women as the receivers of sex have a lot of these men have a lot of these risks and mental health challenges right. and i think it's dangerous for men let me be clear i don't think men just walk around and have a great time in the porn industry right. like i With think they're no also abused and have consequences for the rest of their lives this is not what i'm saying and also i think men are more victims of being addicted to porn on the other side of this as well than women which we saw that statistically or maybe not addicted but just watching anyway for some reason we find that women don't don't handle this as well that's a mild way to put it but they end up with much more serious mental health outcomes, at least reported and studied. Right. Well, and it makes sense as far as um, what we know to be true. Well, what we used to know to be true about men and women is, um, I think more colloquially, we, we would say like, oh, well, women are more emotional than men. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, and your emotions and what you internalize deeply affects your mental health. And so yeah. that well, and totally checks out. And the, the, the thing that we don't have a quantified way to explain that many women who have been in these industries, and I know this from both this and the decriminalized sex work episode, it have similar stories that are almost spiritual stories where they explain that every time that they were in, they had to have sex with somebody, they felt like they took in what all of their energy bad good and it would stick with them they would hold they would hold on to it they were the receivers of this and so many women explained that as what would happen to them right and that they would end up with so many of them they would have a a breakdown right and i've just heard multiple accounts of this now and it's the same story from people over and over again well it makes sense when when the word says when god says like you become one Right. And like, you've become one with too many people. Now you're everywhere. Right. You, you mentally and spiritually and emotionally end up all over the place, literally because you've become one with so many people. And it, it, it is really it's, challenging. It's, Even people who are not at all religious or spiritual like I am have these stories. They wrestle with right. these things, whether they point to say like, oh, I should have only had sex with a partner or not. is not what they were talking about, but they do point to the fact that they get too spread out. Right. Basically. They're struggling with the repercussions of their actions. And, and so mental health and suicide is a huge concern uh, for the performers in this, who, again, we don't know how they ended up there. Maybe they ended up there because they were addicted to drugs and wanted to pay for them. Maybe they got there, got addicted to drugs, stayed because they couldn't go anywhere else. Maybe they were coerced. Maybe they love it. And it was their dream. We don't know. I, the last one seems highly unlikely to me. But many people will tell you that's the truth. And then later in their life, they will come out and say, that's not the truth. I was coerced. I was, I felt terrible about myself. That happens. We've seen many stories of that as well, which is really, really sad and scary to me because you don't know these young girls out there saying they love their job, love their life. What if they're telling the truth? We just don't know. But according back to that Bridgehead article for mental health and suicide, quote, a woman who wrote this article on on bridgehead.com, which is a really cool site. They said, I asked my friend, Jessica Neely, who was a former porn performer, performer who's recovering from her time in the industry if suicide was common jessica said quote well 100 percent of industry survivors i know have attempted suicide so i don't know she told me i only know three alive from my era now 
<sighs> okay, then there's the issue in mental health of exploitation. Female, there's female performers. A female performer from Bridgehead, this article said, the agents want girls to stay at their place. They provide everything for them. They expect you to obviously sleep with them and their friends. And if you don't, they pass you off to another person. That's what happened to me in the first three agents I had. Another performer said, quote, an agent is nothing more than a glorified pimp. They certainly don't warn the people what they're getting themselves into because the people are nothing more than sides of beef that they're going to shear off and send out almost unprepared to be slaughtered. Another performer described how agents find female performers saying, quote, a lot of these girls are young and maybe they have a drug problem or whatever and they end up in the business because somebody that calls them an agent found them on the street corner and decided to exploit them. So back to this NIH study. NIH did a study of the pathways to different problems, basically. NIH was like, what happens when, you, when you're a porn performer? They said, quote, mental health problems reported by performers include post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, bipolar affective disorder, and suicide. Five female performers in a study that they did described their own mental illness, and eight additional performers and key informants noted that mental illness was highly prevalent among the female performers. A female performer felt that the mental health risk resulted from her time in the industry saying, quote, they try and break you and get you to the point where you just don't care and you'll just do whatever. I wasn't depressed before I got into the industry. Now I'm considered bipolar, end quote. Still reading from the NIH study. While some performers developed mental health issues for the first time while in the industry, others entered the industry with mental health issues that may have been further exacerbated while performing. One female described her mental health problems saying, when I was new in the business and I realized that my life had changed so quick in such a short period of time, I had an emotional breakdown. I probably would have never had the breakdown if I'd never gone in the business. Respondents noted that mental health issues were more severe in women than in men. A current male performer said, I would say that all the women that come to porn are definitely broken. They're coming from an abusive household. They were molested by an uncle, whatever it is. One male performer stated 99% of porn girls are screwed up in the head because what they're doing is not normal. Mental health issues were not limited to females. One performer described a male performer who committed suicide, saying he was lonely. Guys in the business who perform all the time, you can't have a regular girlfriend. He was doing drugs, money was tight, he was going nowhere in life, and he killed himself. So, we know the performers are abused, that they're struggling, and they are addicted. We don't know who's trafficked. We know that porn is reducing actual loving sex and its place in society and it increases divorce rates and it's increasing sexual violence. But other than that, it's totally natural. It's a totally natural thing. And to be clear, porn is not sex. Porn is anti-sex. To think of porn as a natural expression of sexuality is actually a big lie. Because sexuality doesn't bear this fruit. Good, godly sexuality, pure, loving, committed sexuality does not bear bad fruit. Actually, it bears great fruit. It usually bears kids. <laughs> the best fruit you could possibly have. And love and bonding and connection and commitment. So knowing all this information, I have been shocked by conservatives as of late. Because of the case of a, a porn performer named Brandy Love at Turning Point USA. Have we talked about this, Ja? I don't know if you and I have. Before we get into this, is there anything you wanted to add? I know that was so much information. I just poured out, like, so much. Yeah, I mean, I think what's the bottom line is that 
we shouldn't have to describe we just general society yeah, yeah. we shouldn't have to describe all the ways that the porn industry is wrecking many people's lives in, in and outside of it right in and outside of it um but there's that and the fact that it's just morally ethically baseless i mean it's just well, the the, ba- the bottom line also is that people are being hurt deeply physically spiritually emotionally on all sides everything that pornography touches turns to pain yeah like what the, the thing that my question would be for someone trying to advocate for it is what is good about it what is it what and is it if, if the answer is i enjoy it okay can you enjoy I'm serious. I, I don't mean to sound this like, okay, let me take that back because I just had a, I had an attitude. I need to chill. Um, I'm being serious about this. Like, can you find something else to enjoy that doesn't deeply exploit people, including well, yourself? I think people who, t- who watch it are also exploiting themselves and yeah, also they're, they are, they're stealing from their own love right. as well. And I actually really care about, about that. I care well, so much. I've had many friends who I have watched that happen to. Yeah. Well, and that just, that argument doesn't hold water, although I've heard it because it, because yeah. And I enjoy punching people when they make me angry. That's, that would be true about Cha. She's never done it that I've seen, but I'm sure you would right. because <laughs> enjoy it. I mean, I mean. And, and I jest slightly, but like there are things we would, that would make us feel good, right? Justice. I mean, for me, rear ending somebody in traffic when they just cut me off. That would probably make temporarily, it perhaps. Well, d- and is porn not the same? Yeah, no, I know, I agree with you. Like so, so to say, well, I like it makes me feel good. Like, okay, our hearts are are first of all lustful and deceitful, and we can't always follow that. No, definitely not. Like, just because pleasure you think is it's not always right, the wisest. Just because way you to think it's good navigate. for you doesn't make it okay. Well, here's the other thing I hear a lot is it doesn't hurt anybody. That's why I wanted to do this episode, right. actually, when I get down to it and people say, well, me watching it doesn't hurt anybody. That? I'm not watching the, I'm watching the good stuff. I'm watching the whatever. I, I cannot understate the fact that there is no good there stuff. There is no good stuff. Because you don't know. And if there is good stuff, you have no idea what it is. And if you're honest with yourself, and I don't mean to say you like somebody listening, you probably someone listens like, it's not me, it's not me. I'm the general you of the world. We even, we don't know what it is. We don't know how old they are. We don't know what condition they're in. We don't know what they consented to. We don't know if they were coerced. We don't know their life story. We don't know what drugs they're on or yeah, but what even their mental more health that, it's like. killing you. Yeah, you. That is so important. Like, it, like the person it, who's watching it, there is nothing good. Well, coming and we didn't of even that. talk about the fact that it, it it has statistically for men increases the chances of erectile dysfunction, which is um, a thing that many older men struggle with, but in young men who they're unable, they are so. Uh, addicted to being aroused by somebody they can't touch that when a real person gets in front of them they're not able yeah to to do what they like it's too much it's like sensory overload well it's almost like they're it's almost centrally underload like they're used to watching all this crazy stuff and then a real person gets in front of them and they don't know what to do like their body doesn't it's been trained to respond to different stimulus it's it's been they've been stolen like it's been stolen the the most beautiful thing ever can be stolen from people and and you can get it back to be clear it's like if you've watched um a pornography for your entire life and you can stop and it'll take time but you can get it back it's not like this like like oh i'm i'm deep in shame and sin and you can never get out we're all deep in shame and sin for starters like me i mean every day i'm like god i did this thing 
freaking again. Please, God, I don't want to do it again tomorrow. Right. Please help me not do it again like tomorrow. Paul, Paul I keep yeah, like, doing God, the thing. I don't do the I things I want to do, do right. and I do the things that I don't want to do. And I'm like, oh. I okay, that's that. a human thing, yeah. you know? That's why I think, in a way, I, I want to make this episode for all the people who who maybe do watch it, who maybe know someone and love somebody who watches it, who maybe aren't even connected to this at all, but could get involved in it in some way. The lie is that it's not, like you said, it's not hurting anyone and it's not, it's, it's not hurting me. Right. They're saying it's not hurting me and it's not hurting anyone. Right. The fact is, it is not helping your sex life. It is not helping you. Your love. It's not helping. Your spiritual life. Nothing. And if you are, if you are sitting here today, anybody, and you know what? I'm sure there are going to be people who say, like, well, how do I do now? That's a lot of judgment coming over there. From people who've never watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for other reasons in my life, I've had to deal with this issue head on. And it doesn't help you. It doesn't. There is no excuse you can give. No. That porn is a good thing or, or a neutral thing. And the thing about this is that the reason that I want to bring this to light is because I genuinely, I think everyone is a victim of this. I think everyone ends up being a victim of this in some warped way because they're stolen from the people in it, the people who watch it, and maybe victim's the wrong word. I think everyone is, is affected, is affect, they suffers from this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I changed the word. Suffers. Everyone suffers from this. Whether, I think somebody suffers, even I was reading, you know, the case of the girl who was beat she suffers i also think that that man has been totally corrupted and is deeply suffering the fact that he would go and hit a woman repeatedly for money and like you don't know what the heck was going on with him i don't give him a pass that was not right and what she would no one was right let me be clear but people who are watching but i'm saying but he is also in so much pain and i just know this to be true because you don't act out like that if you're not in pain you would never ever allow yourself to behave in a way that is so corrosive to other people if you weren't also in pain and all of us are in pain and all of us have opportunities to come out of it and that's why i don't want this to be like a big like oh chan and i are sitting up on our high horses with no sins we have so many sins and the only reason that even she or i would engage in something like this because it's not fun is because I, for me at least, it's because I really, really care about the people who are being affected by this deeply. And I think somebody needs to care about it on all ends. And truth will set you free. And you have to know what's going on to be able to be set free. That's the first step of it all. So that way we know, I just, I I care so much. I can't even get words out of my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's, to reiterate, there's so... It's not just the porn stars. It's not just people who you think are super bad and crazy. No, and it's like, your. Oh, pa- it could be your pastor. Right? It's your. It's your next door neighbor's kid. Yes. Who's up late and maybe it's kind of right. It doesn't. It's 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 sort of the pervasive everyman epidemic. But it, if you think of it like. If I stepped on and I was like, here are the risks of alcoholism. Here's what happens to alcoholics. Right. It's not that I'm judging everyone who's ever been an alcoholic. It's that I want you to know that these are the risks. I can't take the risks away. I can't remove the risks. The risks are real. I wish they weren't there for everyone. But what we can do is know the risks and then change our course. And I think that this issue is such a big deal, which is why for me, I was so disappointed in the conservative movement 
as of late because there was a woman who, um, her name was Brandy Love, and she was a ticket holder for the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit. I think she's probably in her 40s, maybe, and she's a porn star, and she uses her platform to promote a lifestyle of pornography. She came to the event under her porn star name, which is not her real name. She also put up a tweet while she was there that said, coming to you live at Turning Point USA tonight at 8.30 behind the paywall of my OnlyFans so we don't offend the low-T white nationalist religious zealots. So she was advertising her business at a student action summit for conservatives. What happened in this story is that Turning Point USA respectfully said, um, actually, your ticket's been revoked. Like, you cannot advertise your pornography here to our students. We do not accept this. This is not okay. She went crazy. The conservative world, uh, crazy is the wrong word. She got very angry and started to say that this is the problem with the conservative movement. And the conservative world split in half. And I, I go on a show once a week with some guys that I really like. Um, it's called The American Adversaries. And I, I go on with them every once in a while. And I also sit in for a guy named Carl Jackson. And, and I'm with a bunch of uh, conservative people who I highly respect. Let me begin with that. And we disagreed on this. I said, the conservative movement needs to make a stand on pornography because it's hurting so many people. So many people that I know and love. What do you mean they were split? What do you mean you didn't agree? Well, they were saying, I was in a room of, it was almost all older men, and I was the fuddy-duddy. Like they were saying, the conservative movement can't be so prudish if we want to win elections. And that conservatives opposing porn is just another of our holier-than-thou moves. And I was like, you don't get it. Like holier-than-thou is lazy. But then if you want, but I think this is what upset me. I was like, what is the conservative movement conserving? If if we don't care about people, if we're just like trying to win an election. Over like, porn? Uh, like, yeah, I was like, I'm you know sorry, I mean? but this is going to get me irritated and riled <laughs> up because that is not an excuse. That is, ab- that is. I agree. Well, no, what it is an excuse. It's an excuse because, oh man, <laughs> just, co- yeah, let, let us continue to lit. This is this is not an industry to defend. It's not an industry to lay over to be neutral on. No, this it's is not. not. Well, as I said, I said this is the conservative action summit for students. Like I don't even care. I don't care. I don't care who it is. And I'm not saying we all go out and bash this woman. Like you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think we have to draw a line in the sand, saying, look. I, I said this about the conservative movement. I feel this way about about the church now and a lot of religious movements. The the full come as you are and will adapt to you movement is a failure. It's a failure in church. It's a failure and in the conservative movement. It's a fallacy. But it's a failure. And everyone keeps thinking like, oh, well, if we just just move the boundaries a little, if we just just if we compromise our morals just a little, then more people will like us and maybe we'll have a bigger church or we'll win more elections or we'll be more popular. And that one doesn't work. Two is pointless because right. then once, okay, so finally we, we win the election and, and everyone what? is morally bankrupt and undeserving of freedom. When I say undeserving, I don't mean like every human being is given freedom by God, but I mean they can't maintain it. Right. Because when you have lost your capacity to, uh, when you've lost the your love of yourself, when you've lost the respect for others, you cannot live in a free society together. Right. You can't. When you are morally, spiritually, socially bankrupt and the men are addicted and the women are afraid of the men, society will not work that way. I don't care who the president is at that point. I just don't care. And I think that's one of the differences between maybe some of the 
younger conservatives that I talked to who, interestingly, the people leading the march against porn are young people, right. not old people. Because right. I think older people also think that porn is still like you have to go buy a Playboy. It's not. It's not that. People can watch I, porn well, 24-7. I think it's a little bit more sinister than that. I think they're so set in their ways. They've been watching it for 40 years. You think that's what it is? I, I don't know. I think some people just don't know. Some people just don't care. Some people are so focused on. I get. I agree. They're like, we got to just take down the communists. Yes, we do. But this is all weaved together. Like human flourishing and freedom are best friends. Human suffering and and communism, frankly, are best friends. So, and the more that we set ourselves up to be slaves to our desires, the more we will let everything master us. Who is that talked about mastering? Is that in? We've talked about this before. Yeah. I don't remember. Cool. Uh. I don't, I don't know. remember. It's, it's in a book. Of, it's well, in one of those books. Regardless, also, is that I know that a lot of times I do this a lot, and I don't mean to, but I conflate um, conservatism and religious being of the church or a believer. Yeah. But believers, uh, not conservatives, I'm talking about believers now. We cannot keep being silent on this. No, like, I if agree. we can't count on the conservative party to. Uh, conservatives to come out and make a to stand. To care about all the people yeah, affected to, by to this. to care yeah. and make a stand. Then, okay, believers, it's, it's time. We, we cannot. No, I completely agree with you. If we can't stand up for the subjugation of our neighbors, then what can we stand up for? If we can't stand up for love, that's what it is at the end of the day for me too. It's like, this is about, this is about love. This is about the corruption of, of love, which is the gift from God, not to mention the union of people is what points us to God. Like family units point us to God. It's just for a believer, this is this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. I think it's a no-brainer for a conservative too because right. I think that it's so connected to freedom and so connected to liberty. And I, I just have to say that I don't accept the big tent philosophy that either churches or the conservative movement, and I'm not in a church, so this is what I get from knowing Shaw. But, um, but I've heard it from... And churches is maybe even synagogues. I could expand it out. People who are becoming woker and woker and woker to try to make more people come to do like more like the world and less like how they, they believe their God would like them to behave. I think the conservative movement does that too. And we have this idea that the bigger the tent, what, what what good is a big tent if we can't protect the people inside of it? And I mean, protect them from themselves, protect Mm -hmm. others from them. I I mean this from like the deepest sense of that. We need to love these people. And just turning a blind eye as we see more and more young people who are becoming addicted to this, more and more people, people who are becoming like, I mean, slaves to their desires, slaves to an industry. This is how I was talking in the decriminalized sex work thing uh, episode that we, we can't keep turning away from these things in the name of what? Right. Like who's of winning care? an election? Right. How, cr- how, how ridiculous does that sound? Oh, But that my doesn't word. sound ridiculous to some people, which is hard for me to. Uh, yeah, and, I and, and these, And I really that. can't understand. I respect these people. And I've been in a couple debates about this with multiple conservatives that I really respect and love and would love to change your mind if you're listening to this, by the way, uh, because it, it it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We're not going to defeat communism with a bunch of people who are slaves to pornography. Let me be real. And that's not why even that's not even why you have to do it. But it was it. it yeah, I said it. I said it. I said it. But this issue with Brandy Love, everyone was like, well, true conservatives would just let her do what she wants. And I was like, you know, maybe then true. Cons- what? I just think we have to be the party that cares about people. We have to be that party because the the far left has stopped caring about people. And we have to be the party that cares 
not about power, not about political gain. We have to be the party that cares about people. We have to be that party. And I think in the religious world, that is absolutely our calling. That is the calling on our lives is that we have to love God and love our neighbor. And loving our neighbor looks like a lot of different things well, this and week loving for, your neighbor as yourself as yourself you have to love these people as yourself and oh, and i such a such a disease such a disease right now because also we're asking there, there's got to be a reformation there's like the restoration of all <laughs> kathy <laughs> you're welcome kathy is my mother by the way <laughs> um but for real because also i just thought when you said that um, or when I was like loving your neighbor as yourself, some people don't know how to love themselves cause they're giving it away. They're giving right. themselves away to this industry. They, they don't even know. So it's, it's just bad on top of bad foundation on top of bad foundation. Like it will crumble. It will all crumble. There is not a life. So to, to make it practical, there's not a life where you secretly watch porn and then seek a righteous life. Or a set-apart life. And to be clear, we're not talking about that if you have an addiction and you're trying to break it and you stumble, that means that you can't walk with God. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that... You can't you be gotta like, br- oh, we, that's, no, that's fine. We got to bring it to the light. Yeah. We got to bring it to the light. And I think a lot of people try to do that and it's very challenging. And I have a lot of sympathy for that too because because I know how challenging it is to overcome my flesh in many different ways. Yeah. Like I know... I know how challenging that is. So yeah, I'm not sitting here being like, just drop it. If you're addicted, you'll just drop it tomorrow. If you really care about people, no. it's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though, is that you got to start. You got to start. Right. You got to start well, and, now. And, and let me say, like you're saying, I am, I am also, cause that was, I know it sounded harsh. No, it didn't. It really, okay. I wasn't correcting you cause you sounded harsh. I yeah. was just adding to that. But like, yeah, it's just that we can't be okay with living in the this sin. is something i said this is a you can't an, just be it's okay an invitation i think that we're missing this in the religious and the political movements we say come as you are and then get better that's an invitation when when in the mm. world has telling people I, I hate the idea that like i am i'm enough now i don't need to change i don't want to join a movement that tells me i'm perfect right now no now that I'm not worthy, everyone is worthy because God created us and we are worthy. We do not need to be afraid that God is going to love us well, and, and really, we, are, we have value, but, but I'm not perfect. And any movement, that's like what the left offers. They're like, just as you are perfect. Right. I want a movement that I can join that says, come as you are, get better, keep going. This is a springboard to a more fulfilled, beautiful right loving life joyous life and that's what i want i don't want one that's just like welcome to the big tent once you get here we don't care what you do i want this movement to care what i do because i want it to care about all of us right come come here and die come here and and decline like that that's or just come here and stay and be stagnant nobody wants who wants to do that that's like not a fun movement right not fun's wrong word that's not a meaningful movement no it doesn't offer anything to to its its followers you and i don't want that either like if I'm in a group of friends that's like, you know what? And I know I'm doing something that is just not, not it. And they're all just like, you know what? Like, yeah, you're doing you. Like, it's great. For example, say I'm out. This isn't, let me, let me try to find one for my life. Okay. I have struggled with, uh, body like problems, like issues with the way I see my body and food. I've struggled with food and eating enough food or eating, freaking out about food. I've had these struggles in my life. And if I was around a group of people, that encouraged that was like you know what yeah just come on in and you can just keep all those those problems like we don't care like yeah yeah, you want to like not eat as much or you want to like I don't know you who cares like you can you can just live in that Michaela like you want to obsess about food you want to spit your food out yeah girl yeah do it absolutely like that movement doesn't care about me then 
no. that movement doesn't love me. And, and we have too many movements that don't love us, that don't love people. We have too many of those at this point. And any movement that says, hey, I know that this thing is maybe wrecking your life and the life of other people, but yeah, come on in. As long as you vote for the right person, that's, no. not, that's not a movement I would be proud no. to be a part of. It's just not. No. And I don't know if that's the whole conservative movement. I've just experienced it with some yeah. some people, and, I, and I'm and i sad about it. Right. It makes me sad. Yep. Yeah, I think it's just we, we've got to move into a space where we have to have the hard conversations, say the hard things. Like, we all have our junk. That Duh. is super tough. and That's why we need to talk about it right. with each other. Like We yep. need... Bring it to the light. As much we as we can. To. And I'm not saying you have to go post it on social media, but I'm just saying, you know, when I... When I struggle, when I'm saying like, I'm having a, I'm having bad feelings about myself today, I tell somebody, you know, and then I work on it. Like I go and I spend time with God. I read the Bible. You know, I had a lot of friends that would look at me and say, Michaela, you need to eat. <laughs> and I was like, word. And you know what? <laughs> I have such a healthier relationship with food now. It is unreal because enough people were like, this is not who you are. Right. This is not how you have to stay. You don't right. have to live this way. You know, and that's what I'm trying to say yeah. to people who are maybe in this industry who participate in it is this is not who you are. You don't have to stay this way. Yes. This is not who you are. Yep. And that is a powerful thing to say to people when again, half the world is saying this is who you are. Pleasure first before bonding. This right. is who you are. You alone just to gratify yourself. This is who you are. That's not who you are. That's no. a lie. That's just a lie. Total and lie. Total lie. And, and you don't have to stay there. No, you don't have to, live we don't have that. to stay there. Right. And that's what we, we could be. We could be the generation that ends pornography. We don't have to accept it as part of our lives. No. We could be that generation. How exciting is that? I mean, that's a movement we're saying. Like, we are the generation that says we are no longer going to buy and sell sexuality. We are going to return it to its holy place. We could be that generation, and we could be the generation that says we will no longer settle for cheap sex. We will only have fabulous holy sex, and that's it. Right. I mean, can you imagine? It's like that we will only have love. Like, yeah. we will not have just like self-gratification. We won't accept these base things anymore because we believe that human beings deserve more than that because right. they were designed by God to do more than that and, and to re- aim higher than that. And we reject that this is all that we can do, that this is what we need to weave into society. We just say no. We say no. So, so the question <laughs> then is what do we do? What, what do we do? Well, for one, if you watch pornography, you got to stop. If you're addicted, you can seek help. And it's okay. If you're silent on pornography, whether if you watch it or you don't, you got to stop. You've got to speak out. There are multiple resources for people who are trying to quit. And it's a strong addiction. And many people struggle with it because it's emotional, physical, and spiritual all at the same Absolutely. time. It's a strong addiction. And I can't promise you that it can be easy, but I promise you it can be done. I promise you it can be done. If you love somebody who's struggling with it, if you are struggling with it, it's not mm. going to just go away overnight, but you got to start, you got to stop now. You got to stop now. And then you got to give it to God basically and say, God, work with my broken flesh. This is all I got. This is all I got. And I promise you it's not going to happen overnight, but I promise, I know for sure that if you commit to that, it will happen. Yep. And, and it will be worth it. And it will be worth it. You don't have to live this way. Because like I said, it's a strong addiction. It actually warps your brain and it warps your perception of yourself. And maybe you started watching it before you knew what it was. Maybe hearing this episode, you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. It's okay. You do not have to be ashamed. 
You do not have to be ashamed. You have an opportunity to change, though. Now that you know, you have to decide what to do with what you know. And many people are too afraid to seek help. But there are lots of people who are struggling, and there are lots of people who would love to help you. So if you're struggling with pornography, if you know someone who's struggling with pornography, maybe you're even in the industry and you would like to get out, there is a way out. You can go to different websites, covenanteyes.com, fightthenewdrug.org. You can buy one of their so cool Porn Kills Love t-shirts, start wearing it around so people ask you what it's about, and you can have conversations about it. We're going to be posting resources on the Something Burger page this week. You can share them with your friends. You can check them out. If you have a resource we don't know about, a book, a whatever, send it to us. We will post it. We will share it with you. We would love we would love to be supportive for you on this journey if you're choosing to go on it. We would love for you to tell your friends about it. Maybe this is not affecting you or somebody you love. Maybe it's affecting somebody you love and you don't know about it. We would love for you to tell your friends about it. We would love for you to teach your kids about it. We would love for you to pray about it. Just like we pray, for example, to end abortion, we would love for you to join us and pray to end pornography, to end this industry. We can be the generation that ends this. We can be the generation that just cuts the demand for porn. We can stop it. We can stop it together. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, treat everyone with kindness and never trade what looks right for what is right. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We know this was a hard one, but we're so thankful you were here. And we just ask that you please do share this with someone. um, And let's take this journey together. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Something Burger Podcast and on Twitter at S Burger Podcast. If you need to reach out, you can get to us at somethingburgerpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can find us on anywhere you listen to your podcast. And hey, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Let us know. And please, five stars. All right, everybody. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.